Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello everyone, and welcome to a new year and a new season of Word Processing. My name is Andrew. Josiah, you're here with me. I'm here with you. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. It is 2022. God is good. And we are excited to dive into his word and to spend some time on some different topics and some new sermons and, and things coming into the new year. But Josiah, I thought we'd start today by talking about the new year. And are you a person who likes to make resolutions or anything like that? I'm okay with them. It depends <laughs> on my mood, depends on the year, I would say. I know some people have an aversion to them. Other people love them. I think I'd be safely somewhere in the middle between those two. I'm not... I don't have a loathing toward re- resolutions, but at the same time, I don't feel completely drawn to them. Yeah, no, I, I would be somewhere on the same page. I'd, I'm not anti-resolutions, but I don't often find myself making specific things. And yet, we know as Christians, we want to be growing. We want to be learning. We want to be becoming more like Christ. And something that I noticed when I was browsing around our website is a year ago, just over a year ago, you actually wrote a brief little blog about things that we can be doing to grow and to to do better in our walk with the Lord coming into a new year. And I thought maybe today we'd just talk through some of those topics, why they're important and how we can maybe engage in them. So hopefully something on this list will be beneficial to you, listener, and you can find something that maybe you want to improve on this year. Hopefully we all do. Yeah, disclaimer before we get in, none of these will be surprising. Sure. And all of these things are means by which the Lord has actually given us to draw nearer to him. So they're not man-made at all, at least I hope not. They are things the Lord in his word has told us. Here are some means by which you could experience his grace and grow in grace. I love that. So let's just get right in. And the first one, again, it should be no surprise, especially on this podcast, but read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Just I, tell us, why should we read the Bible? <laughs> well, I think in that post, I, I mentioned something along the lines of, listen, if the Bible is what it claims it is, then we need it in us. Like we have to have it in our minds. If it is the soap, the detergent by which we can wash our minds daily and conform our minds to uh, the mind of Christ rather than that of the world. If it is, as the psalmist says, perfect and sure and right, then we need more of it in our lives. And so I think this is probably a universal calling for all believers, no matter where you're at. If you read the Bible often, there's a an invitation maybe to read it in a different way or read it more devotionally or read it more intentionally. If you've never really opened a Bible before, maybe there's a strategy here in the next year. I I mean, there's nothing special about January 1st, but at the same time, it's as good a day as any to start reading the Bible, maybe just a few verses a day, something like that. We need the word which is living and active in us to wash us, to sanctify us, to increase our knowledge of God, increase our knowledge of our salvation in Christ, increase our knowledge of our dependency upon the Holy Spirit, and everything else. Mm-hmm. We need the word of God in us. And so, I mean, that should be a baseline resolution, if you want to call it that. We need more of the word of God. Sure. Now, you personally, do you like doing reading plans? Do you? I know you obviously study a lot as you're preparing to preach and stuff like that. Is there anything that you like to recommend to people if they're looking for a way to read the word more? Yeah, in that post, I think I linked a couple of reading plans, and your Bible may even have one in the back of it. Yeah. And and those are great things. I've done those in the past before. I find them as I've gone through them, maybe reading plans, maybe 10 or 12 times, I find the pace is is heavy 
for me, to be it honest. It can be a lot. And especially when I get to when the resolution excitement has worn off and you get into <laughs> March and April, three, four, five chapters a day. Well, and you're into like Leviticus by that point. Sure. <laughs> I find myself dragging my feet a little bit. You know, it becomes yeah. less joyful. And I don't think that joy necessarily has to be the litmus test for effectiveness. But at the same time, we want to enjoy the word of the Lord. And so it was recommended to me a while back by um, actually the president of Heritage College and Seminary, Rick Reed who he actually takes a book of the Bible. He just prays and says, Lord, which book of the Bible do you want me to study now? And he actually takes a book and every day reads the same chapter for a week. Hmm. And so in the past couple of years, he's been in Ezekiel. And so he did Ezekiel chapter one, seven days in a row. Just read that single chapter. Wow. Seven, and then the next week, Ezekiel chapter two. And what happens by the end of the book, you know the book pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. and you've meditated on the word of God. And so I've kind of employed that the last couple of years. And that's been really helpful and refreshing to me. Nothing wrong with Bible reading plans. If you want to read just through the New Testament or the New Testament in the Psalms or or some are very aggressive and it's read through the Bible twice or something like that. There are so many Bible reading plans out there. I All good. doing the, the chronological one once yeah. because obviously sometimes we can get confused with the timeline when we're looking at Chronicles and Kings and then where the prophetic letters fit in and stuff like that. I think the practical encouragement would be plan to do something you can maintain. We believe that maintenance and continuity and consistency are pretty important. So Mm -hmm. if you're, I want to read through one book of the Bible every day, you know, maybe you're a superhero and you can do that. (laughs) Good on you. Uh, Most of us though need something more bite-sized that we can handle. Sustainable. Yeah. So whatever it is this year, get in the word more, get in the Mm -hmm. word more intentionally somehow. We can always be doing more for sure. Well, following from that, then we talk about the idea of memorizing scripture, memorizing the word of God. And this is something I remember growing up was, was really big when I was a kid, but maybe not so much on the forefront as an adult. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this topic? It's good. <laughs> That's my thought. Surprise! <laughs> I think that maybe in the past, the thought of memorizing the word of God, and I've heard this before, people say, memorize the word, get it in you so that when someone comes and takes your Bible away and persecution comes, you'll have it internally. And certainly I can understand that argument. But at the same time, we live in such a time by God's kindness of peace that that's hard to fully comprehend as a motivation for memorizing the word. Honestly, I think a better motivation for memorizing the word is to combat all the other things we're memorizing. Mm -hmm. That my default thinking, my default worldview, my default lens when I look at the world will not be Netflix, will not be the news, will not be whoever else, some famous podcaster, whatever else, like Andrew Longmire, famous podcaster, (laughs) right? It won't be those things. It will be God's word. At least there's a voice that's combating all the other voices. And I think when it's more readily available in us, we can uh, wage war more effectively. And so for me, that's helped. It's not the motivation of one day my Bible will be taken away and Mm -hmm. then at least I'll have it in my mind. Certainly that's a good thing. But it's more, I know all the voices vying for my attention right now, including my internal voice, which has fallen. Mm -hmm. I need to combat that with something pure. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think of all the songs that I can like recap yeah. or the the episodes of TV shows yeah. I can quote and yeah. yet how many Bible verses can I actually quote with the same precision? Yeah. You know, just having that reference in your mind when a topic or something comes up with someone in a conversation to be able to just have that well to draw from, I think mm-hmm. is, is so... I know I'm always impressed when I'm talking to someone who can just pull something out as though it's that's the first thing that comes up on their mind and their heart. I think that's so important. So what are some tips that you found or techniques for doing this? I know I've heard of and I've seen actually sort of almost like a like a flashcard system where it's like the different verse every day. And when you're sitting at a red light, you just pull it out of your pocket and read it quick and stick it back in and, and things like that. 
I'm sure there are just as many systems as there are Bible reading plans, sure. to be honest. That's true. The one I'm most familiar with is the Navigator's topical memory system. Yeah. And that back in the day was flashcards. Now I'm positive there's an app on your phone oh, I would you imagine. can use. I don't think it really matters. At the end of the day, the system is not going to do the work for you. Yep. It's just a matter of meditating on the word, repeating it over and over again. There's no incantation we can cast totally. to make it easier. And that whole method that you were just talking about, about reading your Bible like Dr. Reed does that would be a great start as well. If you're reading the same chapter seven days a week, you're going to learn some parts of it pretty Probably. quick, I think. I think so, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe start with something that's easy to memorize. <laughs> the one nice thing about the Navigator's system that I recall is that it goes in themes, all the topics, if you yeah. will, topical memory system. Yeah. So one topic would be new life in Christ, and it compiles all of these verses that are most appropriate to understand our new life in Christ. I'm a new creation. The old has passed away, the mm -hmm. new has come. Behold. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And so this idea that they are clumped together so we better understand our walk with Christ, that can be, sometimes be helpful as well. I wonder if I've actually used the same system because that verse you just quoted from 2 Corinthians was the first one that was in my kit that I got one day. Totally could I just remember that. That's so funny. So again, no surprise, but prayer yeah. goes along right on track with this. I don't think we even need to talk about why prayer is important, but I mean, you can if you want to. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say, right? I was talking with my kids the other day about this very issue. And I said, why do we pray, guys? And we were talking about how, just like any relationship, we want to communicate with the person we love, mm -hmm. to learn about them, to express our emotions to mm -hmm. them and our needs and all those things. And we need to understand that in the Christian life, the same is true with our relationship with God. We read the word to hear him speak to us and we speak back to him in prayer. Mm -hmm. And we are expressing our dependence upon him as we lay requests before him in prayer it's a vital facet of the communication process. You think of any relationship you have, if it is one directional communication all the time, that's not much of a relationship. And so we need to discipline ourselves in prayer. Yeah. And so we talked about this actually not that long ago on a podcast. We talked through the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. That's a great one to go back and listen to and, and yep. check out. What are some ways that you found yourself helping maybe the spiritual discipline of prayer? I want to hear from you too. I'm not yeah. an expert on any of these things, but like for me, I like to pray the Psalms, pray scripture mm. back to God. That yeah. sometimes helps me. There's collections of Puritan prayers and Christians of the past, their prayers collected, like the Valley of the Vision is a book that I've gone to before. But honestly, I think in my mind, especially in the last year or two, it's been simplified. I've craved simplicity. Mm -hmm. And when I understand prayer is just essentially just me asking God for things. Yeah. That has really helped me. It's simplified things. Lord, hear my needs in the immediate future, the needs for my family, the needs for my church family, the needs for my country. I'm just going to lay these needs before you as an expression of my dependence and my expression of my worship because you are able to meet these needs. And so I just have craved simplicity, like I said. And so it's yeah. just this idea, I'm going to ask him, I'm going to talk to him. And we're supposed to pray without ceasing, meaning that it's not this constant prayer. I mean, that's mm -hmm. impractical and unrealistic. The, the verb there in Greek is this idea of it's like a hacking cough. It just, it just keeps punctuating the day. Yeah. yeah, it's just constant. You know, I'm constantly going to the Lord in prayer and just asking him for things. Mm -hmm. You know, when I am going to a meeting, say, Lord, I need your help. Guide my tongue. When you go home, Lord, I need your patience. You know, you're just constantly asking the Lord to meet those needs. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of helped me. Again, some people may crave a more sophisticated approach, but for me, the simplicity has helped. But going back to scripture, some of the Psalms, for sure, the Psalms are great mm -hmm. to pray, but then also uh, a lot of the prayers of the New Testament are great. I think of uh, there's Paul's two prayer or three. Prayer for the Ephesians. Yeah, in Ephesians huge. are great. Just to repeat those. And that's unique in that we're praying God's words back to him. Uh, mm -hmm. Being careful not to grab onto promises that, that aren't, aren't for, us, for sure. us, but at the same time, they can guide us. I like that even as an example, when Paul often talks at the beginning of his letters of how, what or how he's praying for the people he's writing to, there's some motivation right there, some direction, for sure. what you can be praying for other people. For sure. 
I know back in a sermon I preached sometime early in the year, I want to say, or last year, I guess, September or something like that, I talked about the idea of putting a notification on your phone Mm -hmm. that pops up to remind you to praise God. Mm -hmm. And I've just left that on since then. And Mm -hmm. so every time I'm opening up my phone, it's a reminder to praise God, which I think in turn also brings me an opportunity to remember to to pray to him and submit my requests before him. You know, I get an alert from something else. The first thing I I end up seeing is is praise him as well. We're told very clearly in Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer. And so even as we look at a new year, for example, and resolutions, if that makes your skin crawl or not, even these (laughs) first three, if these were the only three we heard and somewhat put into practice by God's power for his glory, this idea of reading the Bible more intentionally or more consistently, being in prayer a little bit more, and maybe even memorizing a couple of verses, we would be going a long ways to aiding our walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Just recently, you and I had a meeting with someone, a group of people, and they were talking about how some of their kids had memorized like whole books of the Bible. And I was like, I felt so convicted in that moment. I'm like, it's literally my job to study God's word. Mm -hmm. And here are these like kids who are memorizing whole books. And I'm like, "Mm, okay, like that's something I need to to kick up a bit in in my life. Yeah, so listener, this time next week, Andrew has committed himself to reciting (laughs) Romans, the entire book. (laughs) No promises there. Maybe I'll start with something like like Philemon or something like that, a a one-pager like Jude. (laughs) It's all good. Well, those ones are obviously super important, Josiah, and I think no one in any Christian circle anywhere would doubt the importance of God's word or prayer. Um, But the next few, I think, are a little perhaps less on the forefront of our mind. Maybe they are. Maybe they're something that you love to do listener but let's talk about connecting with your church family i mean what do you say about that one we need to be with god's people Mm -hmm. our default in this very individualistic culture we live is to pull away to go about things ourselves to solve our own problems to silo ourselves off it's just me and god Mm -hmm. i've got his word i'm praying we forget the fact that in the first century these letters especially to the church are written to just that they're churches and these are communities that are living the Christian life together and helping one another. Yeah. And there are so many plural pronouns in the New Testament and the Old Testament. We, you, plural, y'all, right? There's this plural idea that, you know, we forget that sometimes. And in the last couple of years, obviously, we've been forced to relook at the importance of the church. And unfortunately, some people have fallen off the other side, have said, well, this is just solidified the fact in my mind that it's not that important. Mm -hmm. And, And friend, if that's you, I would just say that you are wrong. That the Bible rebukes that thinking. Yeah. That clearly, you need the church and the church needs you. If you are a believer, you are part of a body and the body is less if you're not there. We, we are to encourage one another, love one another, lift one another up. The one another is go all the way through the New Testament. So just to resolve going forward in 2022 to be more connected with your local expression of the body of Christ, whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. For you, that might look like just showing up more than you have in the past. It might look like serving. It might look like joining a smaller group. It might look like, again, we're not going to prescribe. That's between you and the Lord. Mm -hmm. But to prayerfully think, what would it mean to take another step toward connecting with the body of Christ? And I think it's so important here as well to mention the idea of the people who, you know, want to be connected in person physically, but due to illness or, or injury or wisdom, they're not able to be here yet. But there's still ways to connect more, you know, phone calls, emails, connection, that kind of way. We're more connected than ever before in a digital way. And obviously we would say that in-person connection is, is different, but I think it's important for all of us, whether we're able to be here or not, to find ways that we can be more connected to receive encouragement, to give encouragement, to, to do all those, as you said, one another commands mm-hmm. that we're commanded to do in scripture. Hebrews 10 famously says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. There's that one another 
not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, that is the day of the Lord, the return of Christ drawing near. And certainly one thing is for sure, we are more near that day today than we were yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so it is drawing near and we see the birth pangs around us in this world. We should not forsake the assembling together so that we can encourage one another because we need that encouragement as the day draws near. Let's talk about outside of the church family and into our own maybe individual households and the topic of worshiping with our family. Here's where it gets awkward. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe. It's funny, actually, my wife Natasha and I were just talking about this the other day because we've noticed that now when we put our daughter to bed at night and we pray with her or pray for her on behalf of her, I guess, she's not talking yet, but... We've noticed she started like giggling at the end when we say like, you know, in Jesus name, amen. She just starts smiling and giggling. So I don't know what that means. Maybe you can unpack that. And what, but uh, this topic's been on my mind for sure. I will not exegete your daughter's giggles today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that this, again, I say awkward because for families to even think about doing this together, depending on what stage your family's at, it just seems awkward, insurmountable. Mm-hmm. I want to let a little pressure off and say that when I say worship as a family, it doesn't necessarily mean copy and paste what happens on Sunday morning sure. and bring it home. Yeah. It could, but it doesn't have to mean. It just means spending intentional time as a family and whatever your family looks like. It could be just you and your daughter or you and your spouse or or you and your all your kids. It could be anything, right? But to put in place a plan where we are going to worship the Lord together. We're going to declare his worthiness. We're going to pray to him. You might sing together. You might open the word and read something and ask some questions about it, whatever the case may be, to find a way to worship together. And, you know, depending on your stage of life like you, that may be 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. It might be five minutes. It might be 20 minutes. Who knows, depending on what stage you're at and what your family is capable of. I think that's, uh, those are all things to think about and consider. But to, to understand that the church is a supplement in many ways, especially for parents. That's what we need to really understand, that the church is not going to stand before the Lord one day for my kids. My wife and I will. And we lean on the church heavily. The church is part of our parenting plan, and I'm sure it's part of my parents' grandparenting plan for their grandchildren, that the church will come alongside and reinforce and supplement what they're learning at home, though. They're learning things at home, and it's being supplemented and reinforced in the church. But we're not going to outsource the discipleship of our kids solely to the church. That's our job. And so we take that very seriously. And that might mean, you know, our kids enduring off-tune singing by their dad. That is fine. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they are so sponge-like right now in this stage. So again, I don't want to talk about just young families, but this can be a husband and wife just doing this together. There's some habit in place where we are worshiping the Lord together at home. And I think I I really appreciate that in your description there, we acknowledge something that we would say here, which is that worship is not just music. Mm-hmm. I know that word gets used and for some of us in ministry that kind of grinds on our gears sometimes hearing just saying the word worship, meaning music only or that genre of music that we sing in church. But worship is our life. Worship is everything we do to praise the Lord. And I think what you're acknowledging there is so important that we just have an intentional plan that we think about it. If we're not thinking about it at all, that this is a great place to start is just start thinking about it. What can we do as a family to praise God together? Is it reading and doing devotionals together? Is it praying together? Is it singing? Is it any of these things? I think it's super important. And I think from that, we can flow into the idea of sharing your faith, because obviously we want to disciple our kids, but we want to share our faith with everybody around us and our neighbors. And if they can hear you singing through the walls, I mean, that's a great start. <laughs> I think it drives them further away. <laughs> I don't want to be part of any of that. I think that's what they're saying. No, clearly the strategy that the Lord has given the church 
is for individual believers to leave the body, go out into the world, and share the light of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so sharing the faith, it grows out of an intimate relationship with the Lord. The more closely I walk with the Lord, the more I abide, as Christ invited us to do in the upper room, the more you can't shut me up. Like, I'm going to want to share that hope with other people, and I'm going to be I'm going to be looking for people with whom I can share the reason for the hope that I have. That could be a barber, it could be a neighbor, it could be the mailman, whatever the case may be. Maybe this year there is someone on your heart, the Lord has laid on your heart, and they've been on your heart for a while. Or Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have anyone on your heart, and that's a prayer you need to pray. Lord, put someone on my heart. Give me a zeal for the gospel. But even just this year, he said, Lord, I want to pray for this specific person. Maybe it's a member of your family. I want to pray for this specific group of people, whatever the case may be. Make it your goal this year to share the gospel, not just be the gospel like we want to hide behind. It's great to be the light of Christ around people. It's oftentimes said, share the gospel always and when necessary, use words. That's not true. You have to use words. You have to use no words. No one is saved not sharing the gospel. by doing good work. Sorry, they might be interested and we might be tearing down barriers. But it's a good way to lead to that conversation, pave the way for yes. it, perhaps. Ultimately, we have to open our mouth and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he they are not going to learn died that they for need... their sins and rose from the dead. Yeah, that they need to believe in Christ just by us living a certain way. Yeah, so what a great goal for the mm-hmm. year. You know, I'm going to be in the word more. I'm going to be memorizing the word. I'm going to be worshiping at home. I'm going to be gathering with God's people. I'm going to be in prayer and I want to share the gospel at least once or one more time than I would have last year. Okay, so you want to talk awkward. Let's get this next one out of the way, which is increase your giving. We'll cut this one out, obviously. How (laughs) dare you tell me what to do with my giving? (laughs) Notice I didn't say how much. Yes. (laughs) You know, we oftentimes talk about giving in the church, at least at Oak Ridge, as being a gift from the Lord, that he Mm -hmm. invites us to give back to him, not a certain amount, but give back to him enough that we can be in joy as we give to him in joy Mm -hmm. as a way of loosening our own grip on that which can become an idol very quickly that Jesus talks about more than most topics. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm blessing the work, but I'm also... I'm declaring my dependence on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, I'm going to give enough that it hurts us that, so that we're going to have to depend on you again. And so those are just some of the ways. And so, you know, as inflation goes, as raises come, as whatever the case may be, it might be time to adjust my giving so as to accomplish those God-given ends that I want to hurt just a little bit more so that I can depend on him so I can kill the idol in my life or the potential idol in my life mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a... I mean, again, we know that the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. Are you cheerful with what you're giving? And and if you're not, why? Mm-hmm. And asking even again, being intentional here to just ask those questions. Am I giving as much as I should? And again, that's between you and the Lord. I'm noticing with a lot of these topics, yeah. it comes down to our conscience before the Lord 100%. and an individual thing. It's not, it's not about us telling you how much or what that should look like. And maybe you're in a place you're listening to this and saying, legitimately, I don't have money to give to the Lord. Like if I gave anything, I would be in debt mm-hmm. and that's bad stewardship. That's between, again, you and the Lord, like Mm -hmm. we've been saying. But I would just encourage you that if there is a longing to give, that is almost like a joy in giving to the Lord. Like, Lord, I genuinely want to give. I want to have enough money that I can give to you without Mm -hmm. being a bad steward and going into debt. So I just pray that you ask the Lord to guard that posture in your heart. That when he does bless you with enough that you can give back to him, that it will continue to be out of joy. Well, and Josiah, I think it's really fitting that now we end with the final suggestion as we sit in your office surrounded by, what, 2,000, 3,000 books or more? I don't know the number. But you talk about the idea of reading good books. Yeah, not all these in here are good probably, though. And have you read them? I think you've read most of these, I think, right? Because I think we've had that discussion how you've read most of the books on your much larger bookshelves, and I have bookshelves that I have not read most of the books on. So. You have a life, though, obviously, right? I, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it is important to read good books. And I say that because there are a lot of bad books out there. Sure. And if you only have a certain amount of time after you have done the, this is, there's a reason this is the last in the list. After you've prayed and you're, you're in the word and you're memorizing the word, you're evangelizing and you want to supplement what you're learning at church in the gathering mm-hmm. of the saints and in the word. And you want to maybe dive deeper into a certain topic that you want to wrestle with, or even some good fiction that it sparks your imagination to the glory of God. Don't waste your time with bad books. Mm-hmm. Life's too short to read bad books. You know, uh, read read good stuff. If you need suggestions, ask people who read a lot. They'll give you suggestions. Spend some time. Like maybe you're someone who's never really read. You're not a big reader. Read one book this mm-hmm. year. One book. Or if you read a little bit more, maybe read one a month or whatever the case may be. Um, set a goal to, to read a little bit more. Maybe one fiction, one nonfiction. There's something about reading that really stretches us. We are people of the book. You know, Christians are readers just by virtue of our holy book is a book. Sure. And that's how God has revealed himself most specially. So uh, we need to be stretching our minds. There's so much good stuff out there. We want to be taking it in to stretch our thinking. Well, and part of that can be, I think, if you don't know if a book is good or not, read it and actually evaluate it. Don't just read it and assume that it's good, but take some time to actually engage with the material you're taking in. Is this something that you would recommend to someone or not kind of thing and, and not just take everything you read as immediate truth outside of God's word? Yeah, as the Proverbs say, iron sharpens iron. And even the saints around us that we've never met before, saints that are long with the Lord, they can still sharpen us through their words mm-hmm. and books. And so use them not to just fully agree with them all the time, but to let them sharpen you. Their thoughts, their theology, the way they think about life, the way they think about themselves, the way they think about the Lord, let it sharpen you convict you yeah they can be a very helpful practice well Josiah my one new year's resolution this year was to have a conversation with you that would hopefully help others find new things they can do in their Christian life so I'm done Check, you're done I'm done for the Bring year on 2023 yeah here we go uh, <laughs> listener we hope you have had a great holiday season and that as you dive into this new year with us that you're excited for what the Lord will bring I know that it can be dark and tough sometimes and it's been a long long couple years, but the Lord is good and we are excited to see where he's going to lead us as a church and a church family. And I hope you're excited to see how he helps you grow this year in your own walk with him. So be encouraged and until next time, go with grace and peace. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information.